Hello, my name is Kristen and I am obsessed with all things play-based and child-led learning. Truly obsessed. I am here to help you navigate the messy and the magical on your journey to a play-based program. It is truly magical on the other side and I want you to feel each day what I feel when I walk into my classroom. I am the homeschool mama to four. I'm the founder of a play and nature-based preschool and forest school and I am here to cheer you on. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's get going. Let's talk about play, baby. Let's talk about you and me. All right. This episode is episode two. Today, we are talking about play. We're going to do a down and dirty, really quick intro to what play is and what it's not. Because there's a lot of things that it is. Well, not actually not very many things that it is, but there's a lot of things that play is not. And I think there's a misconception about what play is and what play isn't. So I thought it would be super helpful to go over all of the things about play. Because when I first started out in teaching preschool and was told children learn through play, uh, I didn't know what that actually meant. My vision and version of play was completely different than what it actually is. And I think it's super important for people to know what play is for real. So that's what we're going to do. We, we think of play as the fun stuff after the work has already been done. We think of it as like the icing on the cake, the frosting on the cupcake, or the cherry on the ice cream. It's like the, the, the reward for hard work. Play is the work. Play is the work. Play is how we all learn. All of us. Mammals. If you think about baby bear cubs and baby goats and kittens and puppies. We think they're so darn cute because they are so playful. Nature created mammals that way. There has been so much research done on play in mammals and play in children. People are mammals, so children learn through play as well. But we need to talk about what play is and what that looks like. If you ever have watched a baby goat, you probably know that they're hilarious. They jump around, they butt their heads up against everything, and they learn all that they need to know by playing all day long. The mama goats give them space and time to play. All mammals are wired to learn to play. And humans are mammals, so we are wired to learn that way as well. Another thing that we can do is we can relate this to our own lives. So... I like to think of it this way. If somebody gave me a book on accounting, blah, I I don't have an interest in accounting. I really don't. I it bore it's boring. I don't understand it. I have no like drive to learn anything about all of the numbers things. So if somebody gives me a book on accounting and says, "Here, read this." cover to cover and then I'm gonna I'm gonna find out how much you know on this at the end of the week I might learn a little because I know I'm gonna be tested on it and I want to perform well but chances are if you tested me again on it like two weeks later I would have no idea I wouldn't retain that information it's not useful to me I I don't want to spend my time on something that doesn't interest me there's no intrinsic motivation there but if you send me 
a book on child development or play or even marketing, I will read that book cover to cover. I will be able to tell you all of the things about that book. I will tell the world about that book because there's so many interesting things in it. And I think everybody else should know those things. And if you want to have a big old chat with me at the end of the week about it, I will be able to to like tell you the cover to cover everything about that book and all the chapters within. That's because it interests me. I have intrinsic motivation to learn all of these things. Everything that I have learned about play, about child development has come after college because I chose to learn about it. It was self-directed and I can choose whenever I'm going to want to learn about it, whenever I want to. So I can pick up a book whenever I want. I don't have somebody telling me when to do things. So that is how I like to relate play. That's play for me. Play is reading about marketing. Play is um, getting on my computer and creating cool templates for marketing of my Learning Wild account. Like that is what I love to do. Young children learn through self-directed and self-chosen play. It's all there is to it. There is a psychologist named Peter Gray. And if you don't know who Peter Gray is, you need to know who Peter Gray is. He has a book called Free to Learn. And it was one of those books that I... It was one of those life-changing books. One of those books that I knew was going to change my life, so I didn't want to pick it up because I was scared of all of the things I was going to learn in that book. I put it off. I actually put it off probably for about a year and then I was ready so I picked it up read it cover to end cover paper whatever you want to call it and I could not put it down it's still one of my favorite books to these day to this day and I learned a lot about play through that book he has a few um, characteristics of play of what play is And I love these um, attributes of play. So the first one is it's play if it's self-chosen. Something has to be chosen by by yourself or by the child in order for it to be considered play. They actually have to choose to do that thing. It also has to be started and stopped by the child. So the child decides when they are ready to do something, when they are interested in something, and how they're going to go about doing it, and carries it out until they're done. It also, um, play, the third characteristic is that play must be carried out in a non-stressed state of mind. And I think this goes back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That's something that you need to really familiarize yourself with is the hierarchy of needs. But there's all sorts of things that human beings need um, in order for self-actualization, which is learning, happens. And so we need to fulfill all of those needs before learning can actually take place. Having all of those base things fulfilled, the food, water, shelter, connection, um, love, all there it means that the children are be are able to be in a non-stressed state of mind during play and therefore all of the learning um, can soak in the last uh, characteristic of play is that the rules are made by the player so the child gets to choose how they spend their time and how they carry out that activity and they make up the rules so I'm going to reframe that in a different way now I'm going to go back And we're going to do those four characteristics again. And we're going to talk about how it's not play. It is not play if the activity is chosen by an adult. Yep. So that means if I sit the children down, make them sit in a circle time, make them play a game with me, that is not chosen by the child. That is chosen by me. However, 
If I say, hey, guys, if anybody wants to participate, I am playing this game over here. You can come in and hang out with me if you want to. That is play. If they choose to come, if they're forced to come, forced to sit crisscross applesauce, forced to count to 31 on the calendar, that's not play. The second attribute, it must be started and stopped by the child. So it can't be started by an adult or stopped by an adult. So this means, uh, hey, guys, I have, I have a fun game. It's your turn. Um, I don't care if you are over there playing house with Johnny Appleseed. Uh, it's your turn over here at this table. Nope, not play. Even if it's a fun game. If the child, when that kind of goes back to number one, like it's got to be self-chosen, but also the child has to decide, oh, I want to play this game now. Uh, Miss Miss Christie, can you come and play this game with me? Teacher Honey, can I, I want to play this game. Could you play this game with me? Of course, I would love to play this game with you. So it has to be started and stopped by the child. The third one. It is not play if there are expected outcomes placed on the play by an adult. It's not play if, here's an example, you have your sensory table filled with rice and you stick 10 cups in there with the numbers 1 through 10 on the cups and you have things hidden in the rice with the numbers 1 through 10 on it. And you take the children to the sensory table and say, here's how you play this game. You're going to take this and you got to put it here. And you have to put the number two one in the number two bucket. And you have to match the number three to the number three bucket. And they have to dig around in the rice. Yeah, it sounds like fun. It sounds playful. It sounds like they're learning through play. But the adult put an outcome on there. I, this is what I want you to do. Because I want to see if you can recognize the numbers one through ten and match them. That's not play, and if it, and if they're forced to do it. And the fourth one, if there are rules put on the activity by an adult, it's not play. I'm going to do an example for you of something that I did when I was in a teacher-directed preschool program. And I, like, loathe that I did this, but I know that I know now that I'm learning, like, we're all learning, and so it's okay to have these experiences and be able to reflect back on them. So, uh... I wanted the children to play pizza parlor. So we had set up this whole dramatic play area with menus and um, costumes and fake pizzas and boxes. And I assigned the children jobs in their play. I, I cannot believe I'm telling you this. <laughs> so It's so embarrassing. I assigned a chef. You're the chef for the next 10 minutes and you are the customer for the next 10 minutes and so you are the waitress for the next 10 minutes and you have to use this menu and here's how you do it and I I I can't even believe that I did that but I did and that is not play because I put the rules on them if it's a worksheet the child has to complete that's not play even if it's like fun and if you're making them do it, that's not play. If it's a craft project that's like a turkey handprint that the teacher says, here, we're going to make this today. And it's your turn to do this and you have to do it. And you force them to make a turkey handprint. That's not play. Um, Let's see who can build the tallest Duplo Tower. That's not play. Nope, you're putting rules. You're putting rules on what they have to build with the Duplos. Mm, I have this fun game for us to play. It's your turn. Oh, I, I don't care that you're in the middle of playing house with your friends. Mm, I have to I have to assess you on this skill. It's a game, so it's fun and it's play. You guessed it, not play. What does this look like? What does this look like in an early childhood program? Well, 
I mean, it can look it can look different everywhere, and it's going to look different every day because the children choose the play. And so, if the children are choosing it, we we really don't know which direction it's going to go. However. I can tell you that when children have the ability to choose how they spend their time, they are so much happier. It's like peaceful, even when it's loud, because they are choosing how they are spending their time. So the loud is learning. The loud is play. And maybe the, maybe there's not loud. So a structured environment doesn't necessarily mean there's no routine. We can have a routine. We can know that, oh, when you come in, it's we've got a long chunk of time to play. And when I say long, I mean long. We we have, I mean, a good four hours in our program in the of unstructured time in the morning. Unstructured, that's a whole other word too. That's like kind of a buzzword, buzzkill word, maybe. Because unstructured people think children bouncing off the walls. That's not that's not the case. Unstructured means that the children have the freedom to make their own choices. They are free to learn. They are free to use their intrinsic motivation to figure out what, how the world works around them. So we have a loose routine based on the needs of the children in our program. And I explained that in the first episode. So you can kind of go back and listen to like what our day looks like in the first episode. Window shopping. Children, one of the reasons that we have to give a long playtime, free playtime to children is that children window shop. So when they come in in the morning, sometimes they're not all the way awake. They need to get in the classroom. They need to get settled. They need to check in with the teachers and say, hi, good morning. Some of them want to snuggle. Then they might hop over to the sensory table, see what's happening there. See, they knew kinetic sand was in there the day before. They want to see if anything was added. So they're going to pop over to the kinetic sand, see if, see what's happening, see if that looks interesting. Stick their hands in it for a little bit. Mm, I think that I sound, I, I hear something going on at the easel. It sounds fun. So they bop on over to the easel. Maybe they're painting with drills at the easel and that looks super fun. So they want to write their name on a waiting list to take a turn at the easel and some kids when they wait for something they will sit there and wait other kids will take off they know their names on the list and will go do other things until it's time for them to be able to have a turn at the easel while they're waiting they might mm, create something else at the art table that's nearby they might color on 17 sheets of paper or use a scissor and cut up 17 pieces of paper they might decide, mm, that's boring. I'm still not getting called for the ESL. It's not my turn. I'm going to go over. I One of my friends just got here and they're playing house. So I'm going to play house with them. And there's like five other kids there. So they have to organize themselves because they all want to play. But seven of them want to be, well, there's not seven kids there. I said five, but all five want to be the mom. So they have to use some problem solving skills to figure out who's going to be the mom, who's going to be the dad, who's going to be the kitty. I don't want to be the kitty. I want to be the puppy. They have to figure all those things out in order to organize into their play. And then they finally get into the play and the child's already been at school for 45 minutes and has just now gotten absorbed in play. So that is one of the hugest reasons that we need to provide ample, ample, ample time for free choice, free play time. So in our program, it's ours. We do hours inside, we clean up, we do a little group time. Again, the group time is not, it, it's not, children are not forced to take part in our group times. And they can, um, then we all head outside 
and we do all of the things outside and we play outside for a couple more hours before lunch. Another thing that I want to point out is that we see in our in our Playboy's child led program, we see the environment as a teacher to the children. So in our program, we have like one day a month where the teachers all there's no students in the classroom and the teachers have time to plan. We have time to plan out all of the things that are going to be out for our week for our weeks together and so we very much take our time to set up the room add new blocks take away things that kids don't seem to be engaged in add new things all over the room and subtract things all over the room so it's nice and fresh and we very much have we have lots of conversations about what we're going to add what we're going to take away who's interested in what what types of things that we can provide for the children to scaffold on what they're already learning and what they're already interested in so seeing the environment as one of the teachers of the children is part of a play-based child-led program. I also like to point out that supportive adults are a huge part of a play-based program. I like to see, um, I like to talk about the teachers in my program as being hummingbirds, not helicopters. So that means when we're outside or inside and you maybe hear some kids' voices raising, immediately our teacher little ear radars go off and we're like, oh, oh, trouble's happening, trouble's happening. But in our program, in a child-led program, we're a respectful program, we don't step in immediately. We don't helicopter over the children. We listen. We see if there's problem solving happening. And if and when we determine that, yes, indeed, adult does need to step in, then we will float in, help take care of the problem, and float out. And so we try to make ourselves quiet, observant, um, focused, completely focused on the children, um, but we're not hyper loud, hyper focused, um, so that we give the children the space and the time to learn through play. Again, I think it is so important that people know that when children can make their own choices about how they spend their time, they are so much happier. Classroom management and behavior management shrinks exponentially because the children are happy. The teachers are happy. It's magical. Like I've said before, it's magical. As an adult, if someone tells you that you can't, well, insert your own form of play here, mine would be like creating images for marketing purposes. <laughs> Some people might find that really bland, but I love it. Um, If they said that I can't get on my computer and create fun images until after I've done the dishes, I'd be like, seriously, like, I'm going to like not, I'm going to just like half arse this dishes thing so I can get right to the thing that I care about. I might get a burr up my butt if somebody says you can't do this until you can do that. Like, children are human beings too. And we need to respect them. And when you respect them, they respect you and they know that their life and their choices and their reason for being is valid. A lot of times I get asked, well, so like if they just play all day, like how are they ever going to learn anything? And that question is just, it goes back to people need to understand what play is. And I hope through explaining those four pieces of play-based play that can utilize that to help parents understand why we play, 
why we need play and why play is so magical. I was reading a book by Ray Pika called What If We Taught the Way Children Learn? And this is a great resource. There's a whole part in there where she quotes that we don't expect, or she writes, she's, I, I'm quoting her, we can't expect baby goats, kittens, puppies to sit still. So like, why do we, why do we expect children to do that. And I think that is so spot on, so spot on. We are wired to move to learn. A lot of times we think children are learning when they're sitting still, looking at the teacher, and we're blabbing on about all the things that we think they should know. But are they really actually even, is any of it soaking in? Did they ask to learn these things? Yes, some children can learn that way, but many children need to move their bodies to learn. And so there's so many things that expectations that we place on young children that are not developmentally appropriate that we need to step back and say, is this really good for kids? Because we, children only have one life, you guys. One childhood. One year to be three. One year to be four. One year to be five. That's it. And so we need to rally for these kids and give them the childhood that they, that they should have. We shouldn't be robbing them because of systems that have been put into place to get children to all act the same way so it's easier for the adults in the room. Oh, we can do so much better. And I hope that this podcast can give you some of the tools to be able to do better for the kids in your life. If you have any questions, any comments, any wonderings, hit me up on Instagram, learning.wild. Send me a message. I would love to talk to you. Please share this podcast. We we need to get the word out, people. We need to get the information out there to all early childhood education people. Everybody should have access to what play is because I'm telling you, it's like just the most magical thing. And I'm I'm hoping that you can take some steps to get your classroom to be play-based, child-led, and to respect those littles in your care. Conserve their childhood. That's all for today. We'll see you later. Hey, I need you to do me a huge, 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 huge favor. If you liked listening and you want to be able to hear more, can you please go on to iTunes and leave me a five-star review? I would so appreciate it. And then connect with me on Instagram. It's learning.wild. We'll see you around.